Welcome to COVID Confessions by the Mad Priest, a podcast that will only last for 11 episodes. Each one, we take a local Chattanooga and do an awesome work, and we talk to them. Hopefully you had to first endure the terrible video that we made with them. I'm your host, Michael Rice, and I am not a priest. Welcome back, COVID Confessions, to our second portion, educational section, where we get to dive a little deeper into the person that we were just having fun with. Uh, quick little rundown. I didn't get a chance to do another video. We are here with Erica Roberts. Don't know Erica Roberts? Her artistry began 36 years ago in elementary school. She was introduced to poetry in the fifth grade. As a kid, she realized that she had a gift for words. She played with them like kids in dirt, absolutely covered. She also noticed that she had a great relationship with creativity. It moved her to use words in a way that the reader could feel her vision. Erica doesn't just create art. She is art. She sees art as a way to communicate. It has its own language. She is inspired by love, life, and brilliant laughing. Having a collaborative spirit is crucial to her as we build communities of artists. And she just won Best of Arts at the Black Excellent Awards of Chattanooga. Welcome, Erica. Hey, hey, hey. What the fuck Glad is going on with this world? How are you doing during these crazy times? You know, I'm maintaining. I'm maintaining. Trying to stay creative, trying to stay sane. That's been the, the thing. But for me, I think sane and creativity kind of run together. Like by creating more have, and, and making art and kind of actively using your skills to stay sane. Is that kind of what you mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Being yeah. able to use it. Yeah. I mean, so we joked a little bit about making a profession out of art, but yeah. truly speak to us. What does that look like? Particularly for those who think it's not possible, not just people who aren't artists, but particularly artists who don't think it's possible. Um, I mean, I was one of those in the beginning. I, I wasn't sure how this, you know, how this was supposed to play out. You know, how do you, how do you do this? But, um, it does if you are um, passionate about um, your artistry and your and your work, you can make money at it. Um, it's not an easy um, feat. It's not for the faint of heart. It's something you've got to work hard on. But it's absolutely without question possible. And um, for me, it it has had its evolution in a way. I'm a poet first, and then realizing how I can use that in communities, how I can use that um, to inform um, creatively. Um, it became to, it evolved, but the core of it still is the art. Um, and I think when an artist knows who they are, what they are, um, they become a better, a better version of themselves. They become that artist that they need to be. And once they know that value, then they can get paid. And, um, Again, it's not for the faint of heart. It's it's not. It's not like you wake up and there it is. You got to work at it, like with anything else. You have to work at it. Yeah. So acknowledging your value, learning your value, mm -hmm. and pushing forward with Absolutely. that understanding. Tell me a little bit about why why are words powerful? Words are powerful because they um, they speak in the place. Um, crossing boundaries they um can say things to you that um feelings um come from i can say words to a person and they blush i can also say words to a person and they become angered 
But I also can say words to someone and then inspire them, inspire them in a space that they didn't think inspiration could be. Um, and also with that comes the feeling of knowing that it's it's imitation of life. It is, it comes from life. So if you're able to talk about life through your words, through your artistic language, then it's beyond powerful. It's almost like spells um, where you're casting greatness into the atmosphere. You're casting greatness into someone's life. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to really dive deep here and get a little yeah. interesting. You're a poet, you're an artist, yeah. but you're a black woman in the South. Mercy. Any thoughts on that? Mercy. <laughs> so where? Um, I mean, honestly, though, what's 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 it like to try to not only exist just in general in that reality, but also exist in a profession that is also probably difficult to find footing in and or make work? Mm -hmm. What does that process look like? I mean, again, it goes back to, I mean, knowing who you are. Um, I am unapologetically black without question. It's going to show up wherever I am because that's who I am. It shows up in my poetry. It shows up in my appearance. It shows up in my language. So um, I, I won't code switch, you know, flipping the script to down my, my brownness if someone doesn't get it. But you have to get to a point where you're comfortable with that. Um, being in the South, I wouldn't change where I'm at. I, honestly, I wouldn't. The struggle is real, no doubt about it. Don't, get it. don't twist that up. It's for real, for real. But I wouldn't change it because I feel like there's a lot of room to grow. There are spaces to grow. We've, we have come a long way knowing that we still have a long way to go. Um, as a intelligent Black woman becomes a interesting struggle um, because you have to... I was always raised um, knowing that I needed to work harder than my counterparts that were white, that I mm -hmm. needed to go harder than them, that I needed to. And then when I keep that as my mentality going harder and still not get um, the respect that should be um, or not get noticed by white women or even feel at times that they're threatened or uncomfortable with my brownness or uncomfortable with my intelligence and being brown, um, it can become a barrier. I've learned to um, attack it, you know, respectfully, mm -hmm. um, not embarrass anybody by that, but talk to them, yeah. uh, give them opportunity to know who I am. Um, and what usually happens when that when that vulnerability is open, no longer is that stigma of the angry black woman still there. But now they see me as a beautiful black lady. Oh, she's smart. Um, and then after a while, it's not even necessarily about the brownness. They just respect who I am and where I've come from. And it becomes a not necessarily even ground because I don't know where we, I don't know where that's going to be yet. I don't know that 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 exists just yet. We still have some work to do. But. Um, it's not easy, but again, I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. That's how I thought my brownness. And you're from Chattanooga originally? I am. Nice. Yeah. So having grown up here, mm -hmm. uh, being a native, which a lot of people we've had on the show are natives of Chattanooga, mm -hmm. um, you've seen a lot of change. Oh, yeah. uh, you've seen 
I mean, yeah, yeah, just that. You've seen development. You've seen mm -hmm. probably positive. You've probably seen negative. Absolutely. But right now, in the current state, 2020, mm -hmm. obviously outside of COVID, <laughs> what to you, especially having been involved in a lot of city activities and community events, is the biggest issue in our city? I think the biggest issue in our city, um, to me, it feels like equal housing. Um, that's like a, that for me, that's a big thing. Um, and also I believe um, fighting for the rights of, of marginalized communities still. Mm -hmm. um, even a throwback, I, I can't get past COVID yet, but even in this quarantine, even at this moment, marginalized communities are getting the information that they need to um, about the coronavirus. They're not, uh, marginalized communities are not getting um, masks like they need it. Um, marginalized communities generally are smaller in nature, so social distancing can be challenging. Um, so I feel like that, to me, that's a huge um, issue like right now that something yeah. needs to happen and I believe the system was broken before we got to quarantine so um, there's stuff that we got to do um, to not necessarily equalize it but make sure that those communities uh, that that we get the information I say those communities but that's me too that we get the information luckily I mean you know I can look online I can go online I can go ask who I need to ask but not everybody those communities are able to do that right off. The first issue we noticed as the beginning was language barrier in Latina, you know, communities. And then right. within African-American communities, it was the not trusting part, uh, yeah. not trusting. Uh, I mean, you know, the last time like people were taking tests, it was Tuskegee thing, you know? Right, <laughs> so, right. so, so the trust for us was a little different. Um, and making sure that those communities know without question that, that this is a concern. African-Americans are dying quicker because right. of underlying diseases. So for me, that's a huge thing at this point. And I've been using my art in this time in that capacity in a way. Um, and I feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a major thing. And I say it's a big thing because even when this is over with, those underlying diseases that, that made COVID-19 a danger to us will still be there. Yeah. And there's still not a whole lot of um, action on that. Not not all are getting the test that they need to. Um, so to me, that's like one of the things along with equal housing. And um, there are going to be some issues, I think, after this, after the quarantine that are going to come up. Right, right. Um, that I think activists, artists, um, those that believe in communities will have to be ready to activate on. Sure, sure. Yeah. What's a good thing that you... I mean, maybe it's similar to one of the answers you just gave, but like, what have you seen any good come out of COVID? I, I, I've seen the art, like, yo, the art and the resiliency, you know, I mean, um, and to and to speak directly, um, you know, to you, um, how you have have revolutionized how how businesses are working. Uh, that's been a beautiful thing to watch, um, watching how small businesses have been bouncing back and kicking major ass has been amazing watching that. Maybe it's not where we want to be, but what I did not want to see are these doors closed. That's what I didn't want to see, period. I don't care how it was going to happen. I did not want to see that. 
and you working your butt off to make certain that that didn't happen is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think it paved the way for a ton of other small businesses to feel the exact same way. And they too began to jump in. And then to see how that trickled down into supporting, seeing different people in the community reach out and say, okay, look, this is what we need to do to support our small businesses, order, take out, do this, do that. And then to see that go into the communities on a different whole level of resiliency and how we jumped in right after tornado, how we jumped in when we realized um, the schools are going to be closed two weeks earlier and began to figure out ways um, to um, get those kids fed, knowing that those kids, some of those kids at those two meals at breakfast and at lunch may have been their only meals. Um, And seeing that resiliency, seeing that even, um, even myself, I was sick in the first part of, of, of the shutdown and how many of my creative friends that were immediately without question texting me, I'm dropping this off. You know, I'm not coming in, but I'm dropping it at the door. You know, um, it, it was an amazing to see how our community began to pull together, even those that may not even get along, right, began right. to pull together um, a strong will, resiliency. And then the arts we people started doing music to to fund um the food bank i mean right i mean stuff like that it's a lot of like live yeah. live things absolutely and, like, you know. and some of the stuff they did live it wasn't even for a profit for them right right they're just going live on facebook or zoom yeah or it, it was to it was to help the mood of of our community it was to help lighten the moment because we all were in the house. We're all stuck. We're about to go crazy. I know as an extrovert, I was about to spin out of control. Right. Um, but being able to see those people, um, to see those different pieces of art, um, to immediately see different organizations in the community jump in to try and support the artistic community, um, that that made me proud to be an artist. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's easy to be pessimistic and cynical and uh, have a hard time during COVID. And yeah. obviously we don't want to water anything down, but uh, how can it be a time where we rise above and get creative and uh, maybe see some really positive changes, even if they're changes that we may not see right away, right? It right. might, might right. take six, 12 months or longer, but right. um, I think some good come out of it. So um, Erica, obviously I'd love to talk to you all day long. You can go in front of the camera, bro. You, the camera's not on. You can go in front of it. Uh, Honestly, we could talk all day long. Uh, the main goal of these is just to get people's interest, uh, the, the wheels turning, get them intrigued by something maybe they didn't know or didn't hear before. I think you're a perfect example of that as far as being able to make money as an artist, as a poet. Where can people find you? Where can they find your poems? Where can they find your events? Uh, give a little shout out to where people can find Erica Roberts. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. I always love a chance to talk about art um you can find me on facebook velvet poetry that's the actual page or on ig velvet poetry um i have um not any events immediately i've been doing a lot on zoom for obvious reasons (laughs) absolutely i have a couple things on zoom next thursday i'll be doing the happy hour with venture forward and the chattery um rumor is I think they're doing a turmeric latte spiked Uh-oh. and I'm kind of feeling that. All right. You know how I feel about my turmeric lattes. I do. So um, that's one thing I look forward to. I have some creative ideas for 
whenever we can go back outside to play, um, but they'll always be on the Velvet Poetry page or on my personal page, Erica Dion Roberts. Awesome, awesome. Well, Erica, Thank thanks for coming on the show. Y'all keep a, uh, an open mind. Check out some awesome art and poetry uh, through Erica. Also, just get connected with some of the art community. There's a lot happening in this small town. There's some really cool stuff going on. So, uh, But yeah, Erica, thanks for coming on today, and I uh, look forward to seeing you right after this crap ends. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.